Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. The second or third day, I'm on the Air Force One and I'm flying to California with the president. And it was just this kind of like whirlwind rock star tour. And by the end of the first week, I thought to myself, this is going to be a crazy, crazy ride. And it was. It really was. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a White House photographer? Today, you'll meet Lawrence Jackson, who was an official photographer for President Barack Obama throughout his two terms in office. I caught up with him at the Exposure International Photography Festival as he tells me what it was like photographing the first family, and he shares the stories behind some of his most memorable photographs. That's coming up on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome to Life Beats. Now, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be the official White House photographer for the 44th President of the United States, Barack Obama? and First Lady Michelle Obama. Lawrence Jackson worked as a photojournalist for almost two decades before embarking on the assignment of a lifetime with the president and the first family. Lawrence is a humble man with an extraordinary talent for capturing the quiet and simple moments that are so emotionally penetrating. He takes us behind the scenes as he tells the story behind some of his favorite photos in a special exhibition at Exposure and details the crazier moments of his job, as well as the shots that have become synonymous with the Obama presidency. I started by asking Lawrence where his love of photography comes from and how he became a White House photographer in the first place. Lawrence Jackson, what an absolute pleasure it is to have you at Exposure. Thank you. Just looking at your photographs uh, in the exhibition, they are just so beautiful. They are from your time at the White House with the former president, President Obama. Just beautiful, beautiful photographs. And and if people don't know your photographs, they need to get to your Instagram. They need to have a look. Jack Images Instagram account. Yes. And uh, the Exposure exhibit here is been my first time here. Uh, here it's the third year or fourth year of this event and I am blown away at just the level of talent, the people here, the, the level of work. Um, it's just great. I mean the people are nice, the people are hardworking. It's nice. Brilliant. Amazing. So tell us about your story and you know where your love of photography came from. Uh, well my mom bought me my first camera when I was uh, 15 years old and um, and it's funny because when I was, I was just getting into photography, uh, there was this kid in my church who was using a camera to, to meet girls, basically. And uh, I got the camera, and I was taking pictures of girls, too, I will admit. But I kept taking pictures through high school and college and, and then professionally. So although originally I started taking pictures of girls, I evolved into uh, a love and art form of photography. What was it about photography that you loved? Well, when I was in high school, I took a photography class, and it was black and white, and processed our film, and then I had a print, and the developer. And if anyone who's ever printed a picture watches a print come up in the developer for the first time, it's like magic. 
it, it feels like magic. It, it, it is magic because it's like there's something you just created that's now bubbling and forming and the shadows and the light, you know. So that's, I knew I was hooked at that point. I didn't know if it would be a profession for me, but I knew I was hooked on photography. Were, were there particular uh, photographs at that time where you just looked at it and you went, wow? Or, you know, one of your teachers, your mentors looked at it and went, you have a talent. What I was watching or seeing was uh, work by Ansel Adams and uh, the Americans. I was just a fan of photography and I saw a lot of good pieces of work or pictures and it inspired me to follow it. And then you became a photographer yourself. I did. I did. For the AP. For the AP. Well, I started out at the, the Virginian Pilot, uh, which is a paper based in Norfolk. I worked there for almost 10 years and then I moved to Boston for the AP and covered Super Bowls, local politics, uh, World Cup soccer, uh, and then I transferred to the Washington, D.C. Bureau in 2002. And then I started covering politics, uh, White House, Capitol Hill, major sports teams. Uh, and then at the end of uh, 2008, uh, when President Barack Obama, President-elect Barack Obama was, uh, he was elected, I applied to be his chief photographer. And I did not get the job as chief photographer. Pete Souza got it. And I was okay with it. I was like, no problem. I'll just cover him from the AP perspective, and it'll just be great. Uh, and then January of 2009, Pete calls me up and says, hey, are you still interested in working at the White House? And I said, absolutely. Although I didn't say absolutely in the beginning. We had a couple of coffees, and he told me um, the job pays this much. And when I say this much, it's a very small amount. And I said, how much? And he said, this much. And I said, well... I need to go home and talk to my wife about this because my wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time and we had two kids under the age of four. So for me to take a job with that much of a pay cut, we need to talk about it. And my wife looks at me like I'm crazy. She says, you're taking this job. I will get a job, but you are taking this job. She was like adamant about it. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay. I'm Clearly both job. Obama fans. Oh, my wife, she's, she's a huge Obama fan. Yeah. Huge. Oh, my gosh. I mean... That's an honor. That's that's huge to it be was. asked, yeah, right? Of course, of course. So tell us about that. Tell us about that journey of being a White House photographer and the first time. What was that like? The first time uh, taking his picture? Taking his picture, meeting him even. Well, I'll tell you, my first week was, uh, and I remember it very clearly, it was, um, I think it was March 13th or 15th, I, I walked onto the grounds of the White House and it was just, you know, the sense of wonder, you know, it, it, um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the show uh, West Wing. They use certain characters who are naive, who've never been to the White House before, and they kind of walk in, the doors are open, and it's just this sense of awe and wonder. For me, that's, that's what happened that first day that I walked there, because I was just so nervous and excited about everything. And then, like, the second or third day, I'm on Air Force One, and I'm flying to California with the president. And it was just this kind of, like, whirlwind rock star tour of, you know, and then I have to take pictures of, you know, at events and, you know, doing things. And, and by the end of the first week, I thought to myself, this is going to be a crazy, crazy ride. And it was. It really was. My first year at the White House, I saw the Great Wall of China and the Pyramids of Egypt. Uh, first nine months of the job, I saw the Great, you know, I saw those things. And, um, and everywhere he went, you know, he was on message on, on a certain topic, whatever, but he was, he was reaching people. He was talking to people. He was 
uh, inspiring people. And, and as president, your job is to lead, but he did it in a way that um, it touched everybody. He, he really cared about people. He was always kind, always considerate. Gave this. They gave so much of their time to people, more so than they should have, I think. But they did because they were trying to be the example of what good leadership is about. So my job was just to take pictures. And the only thing that I put pressure on myself was, was to do a good job and to be in focus and to be exposed properly and to be ready. Coming up, Lawrence reveals the one thing that all one house photographers go through under the pressure of the job. That's next. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. It's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, and here photographer Lawrence Jackson shares with me what makes an extraordinary shot. Plus, he reveals the one thing that all White House photographers go through under the pressure of the job. The one thing that we did um, in our office, everyone had anxiety dreams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why? Tell me about that. Because you never want to mess up, right? So my anxiety dreams were like, I'm running to the motorcade, and it's leaving me. You know, it's literally pulling away. Uh, I had one coworker, Amanda Luson. She started in the second term. I asked her, I said, have you had your anxiety dream yet? She said, what? What are you talking about? I said, don't worry, you will, right? And then, like, maybe two or three weeks or four weeks later, she comes into the office and she says, I had my anxiety dream. She dreamt that she was in the uh, swimming pool on, on the White House grounds and she, she was neck deep and she was keeping her cameras above her head and the first lady was walking by, you know, and she was like trying to reach the, you know, the edge of the pool to get out, but, you know, so everyone has it. I could give you a ton of uh, stories about that. Because that's the thing, you know, uh, photography is all about getting... Getting the shot. The shot. Yeah. And the moment. Right. And, you know, if you miss it, I can totally understand you would constantly be yeah. having anxiety dreams. Um, how was it for you? How did you train to get the shot? Because your photos not only get the shot, but I feel like that they are beautifully kind of penetrating as well. There's such an emotional connection that happens in that photo. Well, it, uh, thank you. Um, I think it's just, for me, it's just photojournalism. You know, I've always done photojournalism and I've always looked for the moments. So here's my uh, rule for uh, photography. Uh, one, I try to find the emotion of the story. You know, there, if there's an emotional connection and you find it, you, you go for it and you help tell your story. And um, people relate to emotions, whether it's laughing, crying, amazement, whatever. Whatever it is, you know, you find it. And uh, two, if I can't find the emotion, I, I go for the information, right? So the president speaks on a certain topic in the East Room of the White House. So it's a podium shot full of information, done. And three, if you, you don't have emotion, you don't have information, then you're just look, basically making a pretty picture. You, you find something aesthetically pleasing, you use the light, you know, the, the ambient light, or you bring in a flash, or you get up high, you get down low, whatever it is to, to make a compelling image um, that people find interesting to look at, right? Yeah. So the great pictures 
have all those all three of those elements together. So with this president, it's a historic presidency because he's the first African American president. So everything he does is historic. So you know, if you have a picture that has emotion, has information, and has you know something aesthetically pleasing about it, it's a great picture. And then it becomes historic on top of that. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to ask you about your favorite photo that you've taken of President Obama. Or so, the first lady. The yeah, you're asking me to choose like a favorite child. <laughs> right. I, I, I get this question all the time. I, I just don't have one particular. A couple. Yeah, I have a few. Um, Tell me the stories behind them. Well, there's one in which he's hugging a little girl in the Oval Office. It's one that's here on display at the uh, exposure. And uh, I was telling someone the other day, it was just a quick shot. You know, they, they walked into the old, he gave her a hug, and I shot maybe one or two frames of it. And I didn't realize what I had until I got back to the office. And even when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a really sweet moment for that family, right? I mean, it's gonna, I'm going to give them the print of that. Um, but one of their editors saw it and said, oh, this is great. We're going to put this up as a photo of the day at the White House. And photo of the day was just, uh, you know, some days we'd have a picture that we'd put out on Flickr or, or Instagram. Um, so what I love about this photo is that the girl is hugging him. And you see her face, but you don't see his. You see the back of his head. And she's got her arms around him and she's giving him a hug. And her face is just kind of like, to me, it says, thank you for all that you've done for us. And then his hug and the way his head is kind of cocked, it's like, you know, you're welcome and you are the future. Right. And then you've got Lincoln in the back of the photo which you know it's a lot of symbolism you can read a lot into it but it for me it's just the body language and the people um and the president and the little girl it just spoke to me so yeah that's one of my favorite photos coming up lawrence talks about another of his photos that captures one of the most powerful historical moments during the obama presidency that's next this is pulse 95 you're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse 95. I'm in conversation with Lawrence Jackson, former White House photographer for both of President Obama's two terms in office. His extraordinary work was on display here in Sharjah as part of the Exposure International Photography Festival. And here he tells me the story behind one of the most powerful images of Obama's presidency that was also part of the exhibition. The uh, March on Selma, 15th anniversary. You know, honestly, it was probably one of his better speeches for me to witness because so many times the president, he speaks on issues like race, not always race, but sometimes, and he, he really speaks what I'm thinking. And then he says things that I didn't realize I was thinking until it comes out of his mouth. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's funny because even I felt that before. Right. Listening to him a lot or of people, Michelle. A lot of people say that. So I, I was always amazed. Um, but in particular, this uh, speech in Selma was about how dissent and protests are the backbone of this country. You know, if it weren't for these things, then... You know, we wouldn't have the civil rights, we wouldn't have, you know, equal rights, all these things. So that speech was, to me, a really good speech. And I'm taking pictures and I'm listening to him talk and I'm taking pictures. And, and then they get ready to cross the bridge in this symbolic line. Uh, and in this front row, you have uh, original freedom 
uh, walkers, marchers. And, he was uh, with John Lewis, I believe. And John Lewis. And, you know, these people were beaten and, yeah. you know, tortured. Not tortured, but, you know, they were treated very badly for just asking for civil rights. It's a simple picture, but for me, it just symbolized a lot. It symbolized a lot. Yeah. It is the power yeah. of the moment. Right. And you've captured that so beautifully. Well, tell me about um, some of the surprising things that you learned in your time there with the, with the first family. In terms of who they are, what they are, like something that surprised you about them. Well, you know, in watching them and listening to them over the years, I just realized at how much, how hard they worked at their job and how much they put into it, but also kind of like their reasoning behind it. Like I'd, I'd sit in on a meeting and one of the first questions would be, you know, how does this affect people? How can we make sure we, we help people with this? You know, just their, their level of reasoning and understanding always impressed me, right? And I just always appreciated that. And when they gave speeches, they always gave a piece of themselves. Like they told a story about their childhood, about their um, their experience, and and it's 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 the best way to communicate with people is that you give a piece of yourself, you give a piece of, of your experience, and you share it, and then people relate to that. It's not like you're you're conning them or anything. You're just you're you're trying to get them to understand who they are, and what they're about, and what they're trying to do. But it's like what you do as a photographer as well at the same time. But they do it right in their speeches. Right, exactly. Yeah. They're telling a story just like you are. We're all telling stories. Yeah. I do it with a camera. Tell me about some of the, the crazier moments. Crazier moments. There, I'll tell you one story. I'm not sure if it's crazy or not. But uh, we were uh, overseas trip. Uh, we were flying from Brazil to, to Chile. And we landed in Chile. And I looked at my watch and it said... My BlackBerry said it was like 10 o'clock, right? But on the, uh, the schedule, the, book, the Blue Book, which is the Bible when you travel uh, for the White House, it said it was uh, 9 o'clock, right? And I said, that's not right. So I cut my BlackBerry off and I cut it back on, tried to reset it, right? And it still says 10 o'clock. So for every trip, we have trip planners. And these people are pre-advanced to these sites. And they, they basically, when we hit the ground, they basically tell us where to go, what, what the schedule is. So I say to the trip planner, I said, hey, um, the travel book is wrong. My BlackBerry says it's 10 o'clock. And she smirks and she says, well, in the negotiations with the Chilean government, we were uh, running out of time. So we, we had to cut a meeting. And the Chilean president said, well, what would it take? And Oh, it was daylight savings. And so he extended daylight savings for two weeks to get that extra hour with the president. Does that make sense? <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, they just basically pushed back the daylight savings so they could have an extra hour with the president and do the business of That's whatever amazing. they wanted to do. And I, I just thought that was kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. But were there moments where um, you took photos of things that you just thought, oh, my gosh, not in a million years did I think I was going to be here taking this photograph? Coming up, find out who Lawrence met that truly took his breath away. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. 
It's Life Beats on Pulse 95, and you're listening to my interview with master photojournalist and former White House photographer Lawrence Jackson. Here he reveals one of the most cherished moments in his career. I was on a trip with Secretary Clinton to South Africa, and she went to visit Nelson Mandela. And um, I'm a huge fan of Nelson Mandela. So I, I take the picture of her and Nelson Mandela, and then she says, she says, Nelson, I want you to meet Lawrence. And I was like, I was really blown away that she took the time to, so I put down my cameras and I shook his hand. I was like bowing to him, you know, I felt, you know, really not worthy. So yeah, uh, meeting Nelson Mandela is definitely one of those wild moments. What was he like? So he was a bit older, uh, obviously, um, and he said, um, I said, it's an honor to meet you, sir. He, he kind of nodded and said, nice to meet you. Uh, and then someone said something, I can't remember what, and then he said something, I didn't understand what it said, but everyone laughed, and then I was ushered out of the room. And so, that was it? And that was it. But I was like, oh, and they took my picture with him. Someone grabbed my camera and took a picture with him. So, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure that photo is on a mantelpiece. It's, I, have no, I have no pictures on the wall. I, I know, I'm what? the worst photographer Wait when it comes to that. You have no pictures on your walls at home? I don't have any of my pictures on the wall. Why? Because I'm one of those photographers that doesn't like to see his work on the walls. You and my wife have a great conversation about this. Trust me. So for you now, after that experience, how do you kind of, how do you move on from that? Um, very carefully. Um, the job was great. Uh, working for the Obamas was great. Uh, their mission was honorable and Everyone was on board. Um, so what I'm doing now is I'm doing uh, freelance work. I'm working on the concept of doing a book for my time at the White House. And, you know, I just, I've always loved photography. So as long as I'm taking pictures, I'm happy. Um, will I find a job or a, a mission that is as interesting or as um, compelling as it was to work for the Obamas? I don't know. I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I feel good about what I'm doing. I think you're doing very, very yeah. well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. You. Absolutely. And your photography is just, it, it blows me away. It's beautiful. Thank it's you. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but I want to ask you about the photographers that you love and some of your favorite images. Uh, photographers that I love? Mm. Oh, well, um, so I started working at the Virginia Pilot. And um, the staff at the Virginia Pilot is probably one of the most talented photo staffs that I've ever worked with. So when I started working, photographers like Bill Tiernan, Beth Bergman, they were my heroes, and I got the chance to work with them on a day-to-day -day basis, and they taught me a lot about photography. So I got my, my chops kind of uh, at the pilot. The what did they teach you before you moved on? Well, Bill Tiernan and Beth were, they looked for the quiet moments, the things that were there but people didn't pay attention to. And it, that eye for photography is so crucial in telling stories that have subtlety. The first day at the uh, pilot, I saw Bill go, he covered a, a Navy ceremony, right? And the Navy ceremony is pretty strict, pretty formal. And he went up to the balcony and he shot down over a guy who had a, a pamphlet of the event. What do you call that? The, uh, the program. Program, right. And he shot it in a way, and just the light was right, and the guy's hands, and it was in his lap, and he had his white uniform on, and it was just a pretty picture of a guy holding a program. And I was like, you know, who sees that? You know, who, who sees that that's a detail shot 
of this boring, not visual Navy ceremony. And that, that was my first day at the pilot. And, and he's, he's, he, he's, he's retired now, but he, he showed me a lot. And, and Beth Bergman was the same way, but she was more of a kind of a street photographer who, who saw the beauty in a, a dark alley. And I, I can't describe it. She, but she had a great, she has a great, she's still taking pictures. And then I moved to the AP and um, started covering politics, and which is its own different type of beast, really. But in, in politics, you know, there's emotion, there's, there's this, not a game, but there's this way of getting things done in Washington. Tell me about that. Well, you take pictures of senator or congressman who, who wants attention, right, who calls a press conference and, you know, gives a fiery speech. But then beneath that, you take pictures of, of not the real story, but people, what people are trying to, to get across, you know. So you, they do this show, right, to, to get people to come cover the news press conference and, and do their bid. Mm-hmm. But then there are people who are actually affected by, you know, this legislation. And, it, and sometimes they bring them out there with them. And that's the real story. You go to those people, and you cover their lives and see what they're talking about. So I've always been touched by those stories. One that stands out in your mind? Well, I'll tell you, when we were at the White House, um, one of the ideas I had was to cover uh, government in in the process. So one of the ideas was to cover a a legislation bill through its entirety. So that meant having the stakeholders involved with the White House staff, with the legislative uh, staff and congressmen, the president going around stumping or trying to get support for it. It getting voted on in Congress, getting passed, and then coming to the president's desk to be signed and made into law. So my idea was to uh, cover immigration, right? Yeah. Uh, in our country, it's a big issue, and we're trying to figure out uh, what to do with it. It's an even bigger issue now, right. post-President Obama. Correct. So I went to Maryland. Our White House staffers were having this kind of like all-day session with stakeholders, like people who are affected by immigration. So I covered this meeting, uh, all-day meeting, uh, covered a couple of meetings in the White House between um, uh, certain departments in the White House, uh, covered a couple of speeches by the president on immigration, but it never got anywhere in Congress because at the time John Boehner would not put the legislation on the floor. Mm. So we did all this work and it didn't get published because he wouldn't put it on the floor. He didn't put it on the floor because it, it would have gotten passed. And if he if it would have gotten passed in the floor of the House, it would have gone to the Senate and it would have passed the Senate because the Senate was already ready for it. So that's politics. That's the nature of politics. People's lives are really affected, but that it's all about show. They were, you know, the politics of the situation was the Republicans didn't want the immigration to pass mm. at that time. That must be so frustrating. It was very frustrating. Tell me about what you still want to do, what you still want to achieve with your photography. I still want to take great pictures. I, I want to, you know, I want to reach people emotionally. I want to entertain them. I want to, you know, interest them. I want to people to say, huh, you know, and huh could be that's interesting photo. That's a great photo or whatever. I just want people to take notice in whatever form that could be. I have no preference. Are your kids autistic like you? My daughter loves photography. She's taking a photography class right now in high school. She's a freshman in high school. 
Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, she's got one of the best mentors. Yeah, but she doesn't listen to her father. <laughs> <laughs> Dads don't know anything. Oh, man, even when they were the White House photographer. Right, of course. I, oh, I'm, I am nobody in my house. <laughs> I, I travel the world and my kids don't think twice about it. That is crazy. Yeah, which I'm fine with because I am nobody. I'm just the guy. No, just you're absolutely one of the most humble people I've ever met. I'm unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Lawrence Jackson. Oh my gosh, what a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was master photographer Lawrence Jackson sharing his story. I don't know about you, but he definitely sounds like President Obama to me. Speaks in the same way as him. Has that amazing unassuming talent about him. Make sure you check out the Pulse95 social media to see some of Lawrence's incredible images. Coming up next, we talk the reflection and Islamic arts festivals that you need to be looking at this weekend. All the details to come here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.